to podcast and joining me tonight in this corner hailing from parts unknown brian late night rodriguez pleasure to be here as always and in the other corner please welcome from such shows as foodie films kyle Reinfried. I was waiting for some kind of heavyweight comment. Great movie in general, and then I would be a heavyweight. Yeah, but okay, but to be fair, like if you look at the weight classes, yeah. mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like most people we know would be heavyweights. It like You know what's even crazier, guys, is that I'd be allowed to box at my age. That's even wilder than the wild, crazy weight classes. <laughs> oh, you saw the uh you saw the George Foreman trailer before this film? <laughs> exactly. Heavyweight, by legal boxing rules, is 200 pounds and over. Light heavyweight is 175 and over. When you see a middleweight and he looks tough, yeah, he's tough, but he's 150-something pounds. Yeah, but he would still rock us, yeah. <laughs> yes. I've talked to like uh, people who are really into the, the fight thing about this. Anyone who's like decent as a heavyweight could kick the best middleweight's ass in the world. Weight matters so much in this sport. I wondered about this movie because Jonathan Majors looks bigger than any boxer I think I've ever seen in my life. Even in the films, like he looks bigger than anyone Rocky's ever fought and stuff. No, so like, Drago. No. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Even Drago's maybe Drago's son. Definitely Drago. Definitely Drago's son. Kyle and I were talking off air. I wasn't gonna bring it up today, but like Jonathan Majors physique. But I looked it up. He's I say only six feet tall. Like, that's still taller than me, but he's only six feet tall, 200 pounds. I don't know how tall Mr. T is. Mr. T could be someone that all of a sudden I find out he's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and I'd be like, oh. He's 5'10", so, so it's not crazy. Remember, Michael B. Jordan's not that big either. In the first movie, they listed him as a light heavyweight. He apparently graduated to heavyweight. Regardless, movie man. Yeah, no, I understand that, but that's the that was kind of where I was getting at is that like I believe Michael B. Jordan uh, size-wise and everything, uh, whereas like Jonathan Majors is He was in prison pumping iron the entire time. My one big issue with the movie is we don't spend enough time with Damien at all. Like I need to see him like most Rocky movies, like you want to see him climb that ladder. Like I understand, but like, you know, he wanted the title shot immediately, but this movie just flies by time wise. And I was like, I wanted to see him winning the winning fight after fight i wanted to see him rising in the ranks you don't really see that in any rocky movie what are you what are you talking well that's about, why i want to that's Name why i ro- want it though like you know i want more monta i want fight montages like that's what i was really hoping for yeah definitely not as many montages with this and michael b jordan god bless him great directorial debut love it yeah i i agree with you kyle he does great with the action and has some really interesting ideas when it comes to like choreographing the fight stuff and showing that. But I don't know the drama stuff in this just kind of dragged, felt a little lifetime ish for me. I just couldn't really. Yeah, Mike couldn't disagree more. I, I like this movie so much better than the second one. Oh, it's it's better than the second one. I'm not saying it's not better than the second one, but like I'm just I'm just letting you know what I what I liked in this. I think Michael B. Jordan has a flair for visual director like i think he's good and really good with that you know he everybody holds it together acting wise i'm not saying he's a bad poor director i'm just saying like this movie kind of 
grinded to a halt at one point for me. Whereas like I just like I needed more. Basically, after Damien wins the championship and his mom dies, I was like, ah, this is just sort of like weighing it down. And then we kind of rush through to the end. It's okay. I still like the, the movie, but I'm just getting it out up front. Yeah, I'll literally state like. I, there's one thing, and it's like a story thing that you can easily say, like, that's just not what that character will do. And he is like, one of my biggest problems was just like, Dame literally hired a prison buddy to break Drago Jr.'s arm. And then Adonis finds out about it. And he's like pissed off and worried. I understand you feel bad that like you ran and yada, yada, yada. No, that's a fucking crime. I agree, but I feel like Adonis in that position is not going to call the cops. Like, you just don't do that. You don't drop a dime on Dame. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, yeah. Well, he felt guilty enough that he went to jail the first time. No, for him he, yeah, he felt there. guilty enough, and then we find out Dame is, like, slandering, you know, his name. For me, it's shitty cops, Kyle. I had something similar, but I think it's more like, if you're doing an investigation, right? Like, you're not like, hmm, okay, so who benefited from this injury? Well, not, not the guy who's now in the world championship fight. How would he know this person from prison like the guy wasn't wearing a mask or anything you know what i mean like there's another movie about could have been a hit well, run, yeah. but well that's a lot of the stuff that i was hoping that they would do with this movie is like follow dame's character more and put that together but then be like his ego trumping everything and being like what are you gonna do like arrest the world champ like you can't connect you know like have an investigation open up like show him getting into trouble like i envisioned this one scene for some reason coming out of the theater where he had won the title and before he throws his party on the beach like they literally rob a liquor store and the guy's like but champ just take what you want those are the kinds of things that i felt are sort of like rocky-ish little vignettes of things who Oh, Sorry, what yeah. Did you oh, yeah. Uh, they are creedish, if you will, in their manner. <laughs> Mike, don't you usually do the summary? Yeah, let me just do do it real quick because I would like to comment as well. How many years later are we? Five, six years later? We're basically at the end of Creed's career. We pick up with his final match. This is doing an Avengers jump. The kid looked at least eight years old. Never try to figure out the timeline in a Rocky movie. Rocky jump. He goes to Russia and he comes back and the kids literally it's supposed to be right after he comes back and the kid has grown like four or five years i don't want to take too much time on this when you watch all the rocky movies on pluto is it like what coppola did and like the lead of the third film and it's now the coda not sure haven't done it yet okay. haven't done it still still having residual trauma from the rocky marathon we did at the draft house all those years ago creed is now retired and he's training other fighters and he's got a daughter who's deaf and so they sign around the house they have glass floors which i thought was cool so they could sign through the ceiling okay 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 to be fair i don't know if that's why they have it but oh. it's a nice yeah it touch comes in hand yeah, okay i don't think that's why yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, no, but it's all really. I didn't yeah. think that that was like a real thing that people would do because, like, it's not really practical. Other, like, if you didn't need them, why? Anyway, it's LA. It's LA. <laughs> okay. One day coming out of the gym, Adonis is greeted by longtime friend Damian Anderson, who went to prison for sticking up for a young Adonis Creed after one of his Golden Glove boxing matches back in the day. But now he's back in his life. He definitely wants his title shot. He does everything he can to make that happen, including breaking the hand of the contender. He causes an incident very much like Nancy Kerrigan, where he uh, breaks Drago's hand. He is then placed into a position where he fights the champ. He wins. He fights Felix Chavez. He wins. He 
then kind of does everything he can to like humiliate Adonis Creed and make fun of him in public. Meanwhile, Adonis is training his very young daughter, Amara, who is deaf and acting out at school and decks one of the girls for ripping up her drawing. Adonis goes on the air and challenges Damien to a fight after his mom passes away. They fight in the ring and Creed wins. Damien kind of like forgives him and they forgive each other and they're like bros at the end and the movie's over. I don't know if they're bros at the end, but there's, there's a little bit more of a, a respect. It's not like the end of Rocky Three, you know what I mean? Like it's not like ding ding. Like honestly, I was kind of waiting for that moment. The, the three of us though have a lot of Rocky history in yeah. general. As you mentioned, Mike, we did the Rocky Marathon at the Alamo Draft House. Joey Lewandowski was also there. But Kyle, famously that day, there was a we've talked about this before. I said anytime I could work it in, I would work it in. It's so true. I'm just fulfilling my promise. There's trivia, and I didn't do well because I froze. That's it. I'm waiting for your your like uh, Philadelphia steps moment, Kyle, or your Hollywood sign climb moment. Very true. I think we watched the first two creeds together. Yes. Well, the first one they showed at the end of the marathon, so technically yes. Uh, but we went and saw Creed two all together. And I know that after we watched Creed, we all talked about it, whether it was separately or together. After we watched Creed 2, we went to a diner and talked about it. We talked so much about this series that I swore it was on a podcast. And while I was watching the movie, I was getting excited. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I know I had said things about Creed 2 in a podcast, and I feel redeemed with this one about the things I said. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That was just in regular conversation. So lesson to all you with podcasts, you can just have regular conversations about movies and no one else has to listen and you can still have fun. I'm happy to do it this way as well. I liked Creed 2. I'm not going to say Yeah, yeah. But, but Creed 2 is definitely like we have some loose ends that we can tie up. Creed 2 is very much like in a certain way like Rocky 2. It wasn't necessary. Not a whole lot of development happened. It's Rocky 2 and Rocky 4 mixed together. It's so derivative of the Rocky series that I was like, I kind of want Creed to go off on his own. There's something that Adonis needed to get past, you know, which they had to address in the series, which was, I must box the son of the guy who killed my father, right? You needed to get that over with at some, we could have done it next you know or later or whatever like but that story needed that's a part of the story that needed to be told that's a perfect thing to have sly in though and since he's not in this one that needed to be part while he's still in the movie and that movie and yes Sylvester Stallone was upset that he was not in this but that movie I just rewatched I didn't rewatch Creed recently but I rewatched Creed 2 and I still really enjoyed it that is more like do you say soap opera or lifetime movie I would say Creed 2 is closer to that, just with like Drago and everything. That movie literally ends with Rocky being like, it's your time now. So this is the perfect movie to come back with after this. And then this movie, since we just said that Creed 2 is like a kind of a combo of Rocky 2 and Rocky 4, this one in a weird way, so it's Creed 3, but there is a lot of Rocky 3 similarities. And then there's also a lot of Rocky 5 similarities and then Rocky 4 too. So let me just quick say some of the things that I thought were similar. So the Rocky 3 comparisons in, you know, Rocky has left and it would have been silly since Rocky got cancer in the first one. If Rocky was in this and he died, it would have just been like, oh, well, they kind of used his card already. So point being, Adonis's mom dies. That's kind of like the Mickey dying situation. There's the deaths. Let's say the deaths. Very formidable foe. Arguably, I love Drago, but Clubber Lang is probably my favorite bad guy and this is by far my favorite bad 
bad guy, but that's like obviously just my opinion. Uh, and then Rocky Four similarities. You've got him as like Adonis as like a trainer and a guy getting hurt. So that's like kind of the guilt, the Apollo kind of thing, needing to get in the ring and finish it yourself. So like Rocky Four in that sense. But then also it's kind of like Rocky Five because it's weird because it's like a Tommy gun that he's training a guy and the guy becomes an asshole. So there's a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And I like that. I think that those are all sort of good elements, you know. But, I mean, I feel like this movie is very conflicted in a lot of ways. Like, it wants to be itself. It wants to sort of carry on Rocky elements. But I feel like it's a little unbalanced doing so. So, um, you know, not having Rocky here, I think it's a good chance to completely deviate from doing any of what you just said even though i like that stuff it's like okay so let's not call back to any previous rocky movies with this let's make it 100 percent creed let's try and build it upon that backstory the trouble is there is no backstory really for creed because we've been in the shadow of rocky and and like tying up all his loose ends so it's hard to take this movie now and create an entire history for adonis to draw from these are controversial opinions to me from the last two movies what they could could have drawn from to create an entire film for this movie the movie and so like her death literally is just like ooh, like when i first met you and like the creed opens up with him you know in juvie in a police precinct or wherever and her coming in being like you're coming home with me so that just like it harkens back to that emotional connection and we know that he was like in the system needed to be taken care of so as far as his backstory with that and then a relationship with his mom to have that connection they did something in this movie that i don't think they mentioned once in the other movie maybe in the first creed but i haven't watched in a while he finally even though they're not at the funeral at least they don't show them finally says something about the two other children well there you go like where are where are they like why aren't they in this movie whatsoever rocky's son was in like three four movies all the rocky movies were building upon the last one and started and all of the creed movies are drawing from rocky movies to create their stories okay creed was never given enough of anything to develop a list of enemies or a bunch of like a hit list to draw from to come back to to you know have any kind of meaning for me okay and like what they are trying to do here is cram a whole bunch of history into one movie and the problem of not having rocky here is that you can't do something like clever lang son you know but i don't appreciate that they're taking beats from rocky movies without him i don't think that it was necessary for his mother to die in this movie for him to have the kind of motivation that he needed it would have been a lot better if they reconciled in my mind and she was in his corner at the end of the movie or at least like watching you know from a hospital or something okay and then at the end when they play the rocky score for like half a minute it's really baffling because i'm like we're finally past rocky what what are you trying to remind me of like you know if he's not going to be here why play his score why play his theme like why even do that we're trying to move on from all that so all i was trying to say is that like creed hasn't established a world yet you know and it's like this movie really could have done that and i don't feel like it did i disagree with that now i mean i think you have to hear that theme and go this is the franchise theme and they and it plays for at most like 10 seconds at the end as like a little victory moment because it truly is but it's not like it's used throughout the, if, it, if they did that when he went up the hill like and the hollywood sign too but it's like his own journey in that sense and then with his mother 
I mean, this movie is really about guilt and him moving on from guilt and both both him and, and actually not just just moving on. There's guilt, but there's moving on and and about life choices. And obviously he did that with boxing. And while he's prepping and training, there's kind of a actually a Rocky Balboa moment, too, where like Duke says to him, like, let's build some hurt muscle. Like you got blanks and you're like just saying how old he is and how hurt he is. And that happens. Duke Jr. does that with him in this movie. Point being, he decided to no longer box for his family's sake. And she decided to no longer perform music for her family's sake, for her, you know, being able to hear and everything like that. This movie is just about moving on. And I think with the guilt and then also the mom hiding the letters and everything like that, maybe she didn't need to die, but I don't hate that she died. It's what they chose to do. And I think I think it works emotionally and effectively to both Adonis and uh, Tessa Thompson. You know, we learned that Felicia Rashad was really there for her in those moments because Adonis has been distant. So yeah, I don't know. I think it was just just a, another way for it to move on a bit more and as far as like his backstory we learn about him in the first movie just as far as him being taken in by his you know daddy never knew's wife adoptive mother and she brings him into that we get this whole the whole first movie is birth mom's name is johnson i think but then he ends up wearing the creed shorts at the end and then the whole second movie is about both for rocky and creed but definitely still focused more on adonis and him having to move past you know his father's legacy and form his own and at the end rocky's like it's your time now and then this movie furthers with that and shows us more of his past and this very emotional friend you know friend relationship how he has this guilt from running away from this guy that was like his big brother who they got abused together i don't know there's just a lot going on so mike i actually liked the musical touch i was wondering during the movie which by the way i watched at 10 30 a.m in the west bronx because you know i wanted to squeeze it in and honestly pretty packed for for 10 30 a.m um, but I sat in the back row, I took some notes, and one of the notes, the bigger like things for me was the music, and I was like, wow, they're not using the Rocky fanfare at all. What is the deal with this? Like, I was kind of wondering when it was coming, and I liked how they waited to the end. I thought it was fitting, because like to me, it was like, oh, Rocky's not here. They're kind of saying, oh, we only have earned the Rocky fanfare at the end here. This is a, a unique Creed story, and it's only subtly the fanfare, right? It's only like to remind you, hey, remember? Look, I always like to hear the Rocky music, but like I just wish that the Creed movies did a better job of finding their own identity along the way so that when we did part ways with Rocky, it could feel more like its own thing instead of kind of like Rocky 3, 5, and 4 sort of mashed up. Again, there's nothing wrong with that because it is a spin-off of a movie franchise, which is kind of weird like have any of those has that ever happened have that those ever survived before like Hobbs and Shaw lasted one movie I just while watching it though did feel like it achieved that and I was so happy I agree I was waiting. yeah it's great they're in LA it's great they're in LA the entire that's a time. great touch yeah I was I like hoping that. for this I was hoping for a divorce from the Rocky franchise not that I don't enjoy the Rocky franchise I liked Creed 2, but something about it just rubbed me the wrong way that like, oh, let's just take Drago's son. And then again, you alluded to these. I love Rocky 3, but the rumors that it was going to be Clubber Lang's son, I'm like, oh, he's going to fight everyone's son, Tommy Gunn's son. 
we were robbed a little bit because we had to address so much Rocky stuff. We didn't get a chance to develop the Adonis canon, right? Like, so that when he's fighting that guy at the beginning of this movie, it's like, I don't remember this guy, but apparently he was in the first movie. Oh, I was the opposite. When I saw Ricky Conlon, I went nuts because one of my criticisms of the second film is, what the hell happened to Ricky Conlon? I was like, yes, pretty Ricky Conlon. Like, I was like, I was into it. I was with it. And I'm glad he reappeared. We need a whole, like, list of that. That's what I'm saying is, like, if we didn't have Sylvester Stallone as much for Rocky II and doing all the Drago stuff, we could have built up more of Creed's backstory then. I just feel like it's rushed. That's kind of what I'm getting at is this movie feels very rushed. I like what they deviate. I like the stuff with his daughter. I think that's that's good stuff. I think that's fresh. That's a nice take. That's very Creed. It's getting there for me. I'd like to see what happens next time. The first three Rockies, the first three Creed. I mean, he's already fought one more guy than him. You know, each movie has had a different guy he's fought against. I just think that it's done a pretty great job i could see you know brian you know saying about creed 2 like it does feel like a little bit of a step back because the first one hey it's called creed and so the first one rocky is now mickey there's already enough history between rocky and adonis because rocky fought adonis's you know father that he didn't know and that he was trained by him and then has this guilt of letting him die in the ring. And so there's enough history right there, connection. But then in Creed 2, they go and they bring in Drago and they really dredge up the past and make both Rocky and Adonis fight the sins of like the past. Then the torch is passed So the first two Creed movies, literally then Rocky goes, it's your time now. And Rocky's now not in the third one. So I thought to me that was enough. And then the bad guy is totally from Adonis's past and they're continuing with that. Like, so yeah, now the next movie, if Creed, if Adonis is fighting, I wonder what they're going to do. But yeah, are they going to time jump and then it's his daughter's movie? I think that there's definitely going to be one more before another passing of the torch happens. But at the same time, I'm kind of curious. Now he's the world. You know, he becomes the world champ in this movie. The second movie, yeah, was just like a speed bump in the sense, like you're saying, where's Ricky? You know, like he's the heavyweight champ. So finally, well, we he's, get that he's in, in prison, actually. Like I looked that up, which is ironic, but they didn't mention that here because they're like a two prison storylines. Oh, wow. <laughs> that would have been crazy that if he fought Damien in prison. But, yeah, that would actually be <laughs> That's like the comic or like the novelization. Like that's what we get. Well, like, <laughs> that's like, that would have been great to have in this movie. Honestly, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Like, Ricky's the one who does the uh, uh, assault or whatever because he's at the party, right? Like, he, you wouldn't think, oh, it came from him. But um, we haven't mentioned the name of Jonathan Majors. Is there a better Rocky villain acting-wise? Is Apollo a villain, technically? You can give me Carl Weathers in, in the Apollo performance. It's amazing, right? Like, you can give me that. Look, I love Mr. T as Clubber Lang, but that's one note. Drago. One note, right? Tommy Gunn, less than a note. Mason the Line Dixon, should we even mention him here? That's why I wanted more of this character, you know? Like, I needed maybe not a flashback or anything because I don't need to see him portrayed by a different actor like we did. Like, you know, it's an interesting character overall. It would have been cool to see him boxing in prison before he got out, you know? Like, uh, and see that whole 
thing in movies where you see the guy get discharged from prison and then you're like, what's this guy? And then he walks like to the gym and you're like, oh, what's this all about? You know, and he's waiting for Adonis and he's like, why is this guy from jail waiting for him? Like, what's that connection? And then Kyle, you're saying earlier, like all of this stuff is packed into the movie, but I feel like they, they don't want to explore it in depth. Like could have easily used an extra 20 minutes and I would have sat through 20 more minutes of this. You know, I feel like if we had at least 10 or 10 more minutes and it was focused on Dame and all the stuff of him finally getting out. You know, we get one scene of him in his apartment, his like piece of shit apartment, but like, where's him like renting the apartment for the first time? Where's him like walking around his old neighborhood, like meeting his crew, like getting his his cut man and all that. Like, I think that there's a lot of stuff that they could have done. I like leaving a movie though, wanting more. So whereas that was a disappointing feeling for you, I was excited by that. I was really excited by the length. After the film, I was like, yes, I'm so glad it didn't go any longer. It gave me room to really go off on my own in my imagination and imagine this guy and imagine the plan he must have been coming up with all these years in prison with that alone time, watching his friend literally live his dream. And I think about the director here, Michael B. Jordan, going from the star of this film to directing and starring in it and what his life must have been like, you know, coming from wherever he came from. I don't even know his background like that, but I'm saying like... Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Newark, New Jersey, baby. Again, I don't know if he was poor or rich. Well, he was in The Wire. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So he's like a child actor at some point. But I think he's also like putting a lot of his own personal story into this in a sense of when you do... And I I wouldn't know about this. None of us would know about this, but like I've read about it. When you do become famous, people come out of the woodwork and you do feel like you've left people behind behind a little bit this really hits it on the head with a hammer drawing into this like i didn't mind not seeing all that backstory because to me it more mirrored the creed character adonis not really knowing what he was up to and ignoring that part on his own journey for success forgetting some of the people who helped him get there good or bad reasons for it right so like when we see this character emerge there are moments i'm watching the film and i'm saying is dame like just not that smart no really like is he just like this guy who was in prison who was like i just need a second chance you know what i mean and you're like oh no he he's calculating he knows every step of the way like what he was doing here i don't know i don't think dame is coming back mike i would love to see what you're saying in like a future i was surprised victor drago showed up in the sense in general and then yeah twice yeah that was more surprising and the fact talk about a time jump they said at least a year until he could fight but he's in he's sparring like that was kind of crazy with dame He's the bad guy. As, as silly as it is, I'll just, I'll pull the the cliche of saying like Anthony Hopkins was in Silence of the Lambs. I know there's Buffalo Bill too, but he's in it for, you know, like eight, 10 minutes or whatever. Like both kids do a good job. Like the young actors playing the older actors. I was very curious about this film because I was genuinely excited. Them talking in the car as kids and him explaining his like goal. I was like, oh shit like that laid it out perfectly that's what he wants and then that's why he's going to do and then he's watching the kid that's like yeah don't worry like i won't forget about you you'll be in my corner like i'm and he's treating him good and then you learn about leon that was abusive to them and it's like oh these guys were brothers and he was his younger brother and he went on and did the older brother's dream while he's literally in prison the worst place to be and so when he comes out and he's on the bus and just like the tension and then just you can see like he's like 
like, oh shit. And he's like, you know, time to like eat. And just like, you just see the lowest of lows meets the highest of highs. A guy that just got out of prison and a guy that literally has, lives in a glass house. It's definitely enough motivation for me for Dame to have seen Adonis basically, like you say, like live the life he was shooting for. I guess what troubles me is that when they start bringing in all of Adonis's neurosis, like I ran that night and I've been running from my life ever since. It's like, no, you haven't. Like you've been running towards things the last two movies, not away from stuff. And it just kind of feels like it's weird how he is kind of like, I forgot that this ever happened until the movie reminded me that I had this friend 20 years ago. Trauma. And like we did this thing. I know, I know it is, but like, I just don't, feel like it's earned enough to the point where his wife is literally like you have to talk to me you have to open up and i'm like throwing my arms up like you've lost me like it it all felt like where's this all coming from it didn't feel set up in a lot of ways and it just kind of felt like dropped in the middle of everything and again like it it works on a certain level i just feel like it could have worked so much better like if we had a chance to explore more what happened with them in group home with this guy leon again there's just like a lot I wanted them to talk about that they didn't. And it seems like you guys are, are fine with sort of the mystery of all of that. And that's cool too. I was like, there's, there's a chance for more here. I have a feeling you're going to enjoy it more on a second view. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I hope so. Did you have like certain expectations for it going in? Did you start like, I mean, I'm asking this, it's a leading question because I'll do this for movies right. that right. I start like thinking like, oh, maybe this is like this character. Oh yeah. Journey, you're famous yada, yada, yada. for that, Kyle. Yeah. No, like I saw the trailer and I said to myself, like, oh, I like don't even really need to see this movie. Like I could kind of oh, every, wow. every story beat is like there already. Like, oh, it's oh, his friend but- from the past. He's coming to get his. He's going to beat him. He's going to have to. I, the only thing that was a surprise was how truncated the amount of time the movie takes place. And like for me, I thought it was definitely going to be like a journey. Like we're going to see this guy rise in the ranks and be a contender. Well, that's the thing. It's almost like Dame is like bizarro adonis you know like it's just it's literally yeah because he ran away from the crime like maybe i don't know how old they each were at that moment and sure dame was holding the gun it's just like oh shit like this is also could have been adonis's journey too it's so intense and when they are going and having drinks and he is just surrounded by the wall of belts and then watching him give a chance and then having little duke being like no man like recognize who he is and what he wants I was expecting a little bit more uh, actually possible fallout for Adonis because he put his name on Dame and Dame was fighting dirty and that kind of stuff. And when I wasn't sure, again, I get why he didn't rat him out, but I thought maybe something was going to come from that. But at the same time, it was just like, no, like he needed to get back in the ring. Like Bianca is clearly like they talk about her, not that Adonis hasn't been successful, but they talk about Bianca having like gold albums and like she's out there and we see her she is still working it oh i guess they're both working in it because he's at the gym and he's training the next class but clearly she recognizes like he still needs to be in the ring at least for this fight to exercise his demons and to clearly move on yeah i mean i i got very emotional watching this movie and i was surprised so i didn't watch a single trailer there was like a commercial where it was like Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan as themselves. And they were like, it was like aired during a lot of sports. It was like, watch Creed 3. And it said like nothing about the film. That's all I really knew that the two of them were in it. Zero expectations. So maybe that's what, that's what colored my viewing and why I enjoyed it so much. You know, I really, really, really enjoyed this film. A couple things that I want to just get into this 
podcast. The Stallone non-involvement, we, we've sort of danced around it. There's a lot of rumors about it. He's addressed it. He said that the story was too dark for him. He said that's not the narrative style he enjoys telling. We followed this film a little bit. Ryan Coogler, he really pushed when he did Fruitvale Station. And the studios were like, what do you want to do? Like, I always admire him because he was like, I want to make another Rocky movie. And they were like, what? And he got it done and it was awesome. I know he said, oh, I'm not going to direct Creed 3. I guess the second guy didn't want to do it or they didn't want to bring it back. I don't know what happened with, with the second guy. But there was rumors that like Sylvester Stallone wanted to direct the third one. He didn't address that. Again, maybe it was the story. The lead actor went on and directed the movie. He should respect that because <laughs> that's exactly what he did. But another thing that, like, he is in a huge feud with his name, Erwin Winkler, the producer. Because young kind of idiot Stallone sold the rights to the film to get it made to him. So he makes more money from it, obviously. Rocky only makes money from the Rocky. Uh, Stallone only makes money from, like, what he puts into the movie. And he's been trying to get it back. Um, There are rumors of a, what his storyline, what he wanted it to be. And it was just, like, Rocky more fighting not the government, but like sort of things we've seen in other films, like having to pay his taxes, bills like that, and really more of a community film, less of this. And he's not, he wasn't able to get it made. There's a whole feud there. Overall, I didn't mind that he wasn't in it as much as I thought I would have. The one thing I thought I was going to be pissed about, even though I wanted a divorce from the Rocky franchise, I was like, but no Rocky at all. I felt his absence in one scene, and that was the funeral for me. Oh, okay, yeah, that would have been a great place for him to uh, to appear. Right? Perfectly respectful. Cause, right. Because he's mentioned, but only as like a statistic. Oh, when he fought my dad. Oh, when he, you know, did this. It wasn't like, oh, I, I wish Unk was here or anything like that. You give me a little cameo at the funeral, because like, they got so close in the previous films, and I get it's his own journey now, but I feel like Rocky would have like tried to fly out for that funeral and maybe had a little moment with him. He would he would have been friends with Apollo's wife for yeah, all those of years. Of course. Unfortunately, that is a downside of like it's not a perfect franchise. None of the original ones were too. And the same thing kind of happened. That's like things I felt about with Creed. Like Rocky Balboa was a big mending their relationship and working on their relationship. That was a big part of that. And they had a pretty good one at the end. Sure, maybe he moves, but when Rocky gets cancer and is in the hospital, that's I feel the same way. That's just like, why didn't his son show up? And then clearly that actor didn't get too big because then he showed up at the end of Creed 2. I totally agree, but there's moments like that that I just excuse. I had one moment where I thought for sure like I would have put him in. Like the, the funeral is a great place for him, like really to put him in, but the way I was watching the movie and i thought it would have been great if during the final match you cut to rocky falling asleep on the couch like Buckus <laughs> takes the remote and turns to fight off and he just rolls over and like lays a fart or something like what <laughs> mike what movie are you watching or what <laughs> what i will say about this in, in my closing remarks for Creed 3. Uh, I know it sounds like I've been throwing some haymakers and uppercuts towards it, but like, oh, it's it's totally fine. Like, I, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just like, I was expecting different things and I kind of was watching it wanting more and wanting it to like find its own voice. You know, I, it still feels like a Rocky movie, even though it's called Creed. And I just want it to find its own voice a little more. I want it to be a little louder than it was, you know? And I think it'll get there with one more movie. I think it got close and i still think it's a fun movie uh except for when his mom dies that wasn't fun it's not fun <laughs> uh 
uh, take it from me. That's not fun when that happens. What I really enjoy is Michael B. Jordan. I'm looking forward to the next movie he directs because he's got a very interesting visual style when it comes to action. I really enjoyed how he filmed the final match. I liked how they were sort of, it got very zen and they were blocking out the entire crowd and everything and it was just the two of them. Yes, yeah. It goes on and they do that in like the third round and they come out of that sort of like... Into the 12th. Yeah, and the guy's like, what an amazing 11 rounds. I said out loud in my seat, I was like, 11 rounds? But it was just like, wow, I I was not expecting it to be the whole match just flew by. But still, that was very cool. I hope he directs like a really awesome balls to the wall action movie soon. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, the last things I'll say is clearly I liked it. I thought it was had its own identity. Not that I didn't like it, but I definitely noticed in this movie. I noticed in the first one, but like I still, maybe there were songs. I mean, I've listened to the soundtracks again. There still hasn't been like a standout song per se, like obviously Gonna Fly Now yeah. and Eye of the Tiger and even Hearts on Fire. I was listening to it actually at the gym it was from Creed 2 when he's training in the desert and it's like, it was the same composer that does the Mandalorian and stuff like that in black panther he was the first to this is a different guy because he likes working with yeah coogler but i don't know why he wasn't brought back maybe this is a maybe he was doing mandalorian shit so this is a different composer but the point being in the second in creed 2 when he's training in the desert there's a score moment and then it says like in the features an artist a you know a, a guy's voice he's not really rapping or, or he's kind of i don't know but nonetheless there is there's a cool song but it's still no songs stars haven't aligned like the original rocky franchise i think this one did a really good job as far as making it its own not a whole lot of montages i commend it for that because it had its own showtime doc thing oh that was fun yeah i like that that's a minor you know you're having the real world then you got stephen a smith is in it i get that that's like my Michael B. Jordan making it young and hip. Obviously, Rocky Balboa does a whole like video game thing, and there's real world people. You got him, and then at the end, I forget even what the song is called during that. I think the void or something like that. And it's just the two of them, and then really getting like visceral. This next to the original Rocky might now be my favorite. Wow. Wow. I love Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 in comparison to like a best picture like Rocky. I friggin' love it. So again, Mike, I hope you enjoy it more upon the rewatch, especially maybe the third time will be a charm for you. Nice, nice. Oh, I hope so. So let me just run through the rest of my notes really quickly. Little Duke, Duke Jr., Mike, kind of reminded me of you. The guy from The Wire? Yeah. Yeah, Rocky's trainer. Okay. Apollo's trainer's son. Yeah, Apollo's trainer's son. And then, son, and then he did and then he did train him in Rocky Four and in Balboa. All right. How does he remind you of me? I don't know. I was like, give me Mike Manzi vibes. I loved, love. There's this scene where he's just I guess it's when he's calling Stephen A. Smith, but it's after he's champion, um, Dame. He comments, as you said, it on like the glass stairs and, and the glass floors and stuff earlier in the film. And then you see the house he's bought, and there's glass stairs as well. The woman next to him is essentially like a knockoff Tessa Thompson. But he's like, this guy stole my life. I'm stealing his life from him. Two other things I had in here, it's related, but loved the intros and loved how Dodger Stadium looked in that final fight, right? Like, it looked epic. It was like true, like a Coliseum war, like two LA guys going at it. And like, you see like the baseball logos and the dugouts, like it's like real, like cool. And then again, just the focus on the introductions there, it was like a real cool, like holy shit moment. So that's what I have in my notes, so. 
I did expect to like it more. I didn't expect to cause such a uh, rift tonight. Like we were really we're fighting. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, who was in the ring? Was it Adonis and and Dame, or was it Kyle? Mike and, and Brian. But regardless, you know, we, we got through it. And yeah, we're not always going to agree on everything. And uh, that isn't to say I didn't enjoy it. You know, I did. It's just like, I don't really get out the theaters as much as I used to anymore. And, and you know, I love this franchise. And so, like, I was just expecting it to take it up a notch, you know, and it just didn't hit the notch that I was hoping for. But hey, it's still fun. It was still a good time. Mike, I was going to ask you, like, what did you rank this on Letterboxd? Like, what score did you give it? I'm just curious. Yeah, I gave it three stars. Okay, okay. That makes sense. A little on the nose, huh? It's hitting 3.7, which is a little higher than the second one. And I think I think the first one I looked at was 3.8, and the second one is 3.6, but pretty consistent scores for the entire franchise. But while I was looking up the Letterboxd scores, I forgot I was going to mention this. Like, someone put a hilarious, hilarious quote related to Ant-Man. And it's a simple. Uh, it's a review by someone named Paolo. Uh, four stars. And it says, there's no way Paul Rudd survived five minutes of a fight against Jonathan Majors. Just looking at trivia, and I just have the exact quote from Stallone. I wish them well, but I'm much more of a sentimentalist. I like my heroes getting beat up, but I just don't want them going into that dark space. I just feel people have enough darkness. I don't know. Compared to, there's plenty of dark moments in the Rocky franchise, too. Yeah, between Mickey and Apollo. Like, Mickey makes sense, but Apollo? Like, Yeah, and, and Adrian. Eventually, Polly. eventually. I forgot about that. But all right, you know, that's okay, Stallone. Like, maybe one day. it's The door is always open. If I'll say one thing is that never say never because, you know, otherwise we'd not have had the creed, right? Like, I, there's no way I would have imagined back in the day that, that they would spin off the Rocky franchise into Creed and that it would be so good to the point where it's, like, better than, than some of the Rocky movies. So, yeah, all in all, it's still going in the right direction. All right, let's call it there for now. And, and the way I'll do that is by ringing the bell. Ding, ding, ding. We went the distance. I love it. Yeah, 12 rounds. The show is over. But before we get out of here, where can we find you fine fellows otherwise other places on the internet? Brian, anywhere you would like to mention? High School Slumber Party, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, and just one note on the genre here. I always mention this when talking about this genre. I love baseball. I think baseball films are great, right? I love basketball. Basketball films are pretty good. White Man Can't Jump. There's no greater sport film genre than the boxing film genre. Wow. It's true. There's a reason why, as the sport wanes in popularity, they're still making boxing movies. And they will still continue to make boxing movies. Because it's just pure man-to-man combat. I'm literally going to say mano y mano. Like, yeah. There are women boxers as well. No, okay. So, sorry. sorry. Human-to-human human. Human combat. Yes. And it's so primal. There's a bloodlust for it, like a legal bloodlust for it. I'm not saying, oh, it's the best genre in a sense that like it's the one I enjoy more, but like pound for pound, no pun intended. We have Academy Award winning and nominated boxing films, a lot of them, more than any other sports genre, and there's a reason for that. So thank you, Mike, for letting me talk this film. Very happy watching it and you know, always happy to be on Third Times of Charm. So you can find me on the internet somewhere. If you listen to the show, you know by now, but just want to take my little moment at the end to thank you for letting me talk talk this film definitely hopefully one day we could talk more boxing movies like requiem for a heavyweight or digstown but there's tons of them out there great movies 
Kyle, anywhere you would like to direct people on the internet or any final final closing words? I'm just shocked by Brian. I, I would have really thought, and because I kind of think, but I would have thought Brian would have said uh, baseball. Well, I prefaced it by saying baseball is great films. I love baseball yeah, I films. I love yeah. more baseball films. Yeah. But I mean, again, yeah. look, I'm not saying the Academy Awards is the end all be all. Your top five boxing films ever are better quality movies than your top five baseball films ever. Hmm. Again, and I don't even think that's a controversial point. I don't even think that's debatable. But do I enjoy the baseball films more? Probably because I like baseball more. But I mean, you talk about okay. like Raging Bull, the original Rocky, right? Like Million Dollar Baby was nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, those are the ones that came to my mind. Yeah, Cinderella thinking... Man, I don't know. I, look, I love For Love of the Game. It's, it's one of my favorite movies, but like I'm not comparing it to Raging Bull. I'm with you, Brian. Like, even though we're supposed to be done with the show, like, I just kind of want to get my two cents in about this, too. Is like baseball movies, there's more of them. They might be better films in the end and stuff. But, like, the whole, for me, what it is about boxing, it is just that one on one. And it's mostly the contender, like, wrestling with something inside themselves. Yeah. And well, yeah. Dealing with that in the ring. It's, so, like, there's a little, it's very much more personal. It's operatic, feel, right? Well, that's the whole thing. It's one on one in the ring, it's physical and mental. Like, I just never thought about I just, you know, always it's always like you know just the main sports football basketball baseball hockey like which are those and i just have never really thought and that so now you just got me thinking i'm looking forward to doing a dive and making like a top five of each anyway for myself you can find old episodes of foodie films obviously p.s i love hoffman p.s i still love hoffman all the great podcasts check me out foodie films media on instagram yeah that's about it thanks for having me on mike thanks you guys both for paying to see creed 3 in theaters this was good this is a Oh, this wasn't going on the Cage Club credit card? I don't know. We'll see if we can get this uh, written off by next year. But until next time, we will see you late for it. Three, that's a magic number. Three. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three, Three may stop at me, and that's a magic number. What does it all mean?